0: Today we've got a nuclear revenge story of sending some hurt someone received back to your ex-girlfriend. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, soloist was rude to everyone, so we learned a new song without her. In a private and independent holiday music school where I registered under the voice training academy, my class had one of the worst instructors ever. Her name is Juliana. She took things too seriously and punished the attendants for whatever went wrong. When we learned a new song, she was impatient with us. Any little mistake in the melody or missing a voice type when we sang amounted into the most hideous fit of insults and swear words. We all hated her and decided to do something really terrible to her. Her bad behavior wasn't limited to only the singers alone, but because she had some experience in playing some instruments, the instrumentalists were not left out of it. Whenever they played wrongly, she went after them with full force, learning out all the curse words in the dictionary and inventing some of hers i noticed that everyone was discontented with her unbecoming attitude so instead of going for her one by one which may mean nothing at the end of the day we decided on a collective act of humiliation and nowhere else but on stage during our final day of music school when every class presented in front of a crowd Juliana was one of the alumni of the music school. She was so good in her set that they reabsorbed her back into the system as an instructor. She was in her early 20s as of the time of this story, while most of the class comprised of teenagers, unlucky teenagers who didn't know the witch taking the class. Juliana was one of the people who you could admire from afar because she was really good with what she did, but when you got to know her, you would wish her mother made a different decision while she was pregnant. She was so proud and self-centered that even when it was time to present any song of our choice, she chose the song herself and decided on her own that she was going to take the solo because, according to her, only she could do the riffs and runs right. Every one of us that was in on the major prank had something to get her back for. First of all, I undeniably had a better voice than she did, as long as I was concerned, it was her duty to train us to be able to do those riffs and runs she claimed we were so bad at. That was what she was being paid to do. In a practice session slash class, when she was taking her solo, I decided to pop the question. Why are you the one taking the solo? No other instructor in any class is joining the students to present on the last day. She folded her arms and looked directly in my eyes. There was something she said about her being merciful, that she didn't just leave us to make a fool of ourselves on the stage. I refused to sit back down when she was talking to me. But if you're a good instructor, you should be able to teach us to do what you do, right? The room went noisy in agreement with my point. I saw Juliana's face wrinkle up to the point where there was not a patch of skin on her face that was not tense and furrowed. Well, if you all know what to do, then why don't I just sit down and learn from you all, she said. She actually took a seat and called me to the front to teach. I started by attempting to change the song we were going to sing from Flashlights, the overused Pitch Perfect Center song. Juliana stopped me right there and started throwing some questions at me. Her point was that if I was a better instructor, then I should know all the terms used in music. I did not. They were Italian words I had never used. She brought out a music book and told me to read the music there. I could also not do that. It was a voice training class, not a music reading class. There was another room in the institute that I could have been in if I wanted to learn to read music. But Juliana didn't care. She rained down on me the most disgusting curse word she could remember. I was still standing at the front of the class when she called me a dumb, good-for-nothing ingrate who should have stayed at home instead of wasting her parents' money. Holding the mic is not about who had the sweetest voice, she remarked. It is about who has the most compelling voice. She looked at me and told me that whatever I did, my voice would never become as powerful as hers was. She continued by saying that if I wanted to lead the singer so badly, I could start my own music school and bring in students as dim-witted as I was. She asked me to count myself lucky that she didn't throw me out of the class, which she had no right to do in the first place. I slowly walked back to my seat, feeling the eyes of everyone on me like hot lasers on my skin. There were too many side remarks in the quiet hall that I could pick out some words people were whispering to each other. I feel so sorry, she didn't deserve that, Juliana is the most savage. I would have cried. I sat down and dropped my eyes. The chair still shuffled, eyes were darting back at me to catch any drop of tear that fell from my eyes. Some people whispered sorry and sent some written notes to me, which I couldn't read because my eyes had gotten watery. I rushed up from my seat and ran to the door with my bag. The door shut behind me and, in my mind, that was to be the last time I would ever need to shut those doors behind me. For the next two practices, I didn't show up until two people from the music school came to my house to check up on me. They were the only reasons why I went back to that school and the plan was simple. These two people, Stan and Camry, a boy and a girl, had been fed up with Juliana for the longest time. They were still coming for her classes, but they had an ultimate goal at the end that they wanted to use to get her back. It was simple, if they left, they would never be able to get revenge, but as they stayed, they were getting more people on their sides. People who were aggravated, embarrassed, discontent, and furious with Juliana for one thing or the other were approached, especially just after the incidents. Then, after they presented their plan to them, it was the person's choice to either go back to the school so that they could be on the presentation that day, or they could decide to chicken out and let Karma do her thing. Obviously, I chose to join in on the revenge plan. We started to call it RP for short, so that when we whispered it around, nobody would recognize what it meant. However, it only was Juliana we needed to humiliate on that day. So, somehow, we had to get every other class member to join in on the revenge plan so that we could all learn the new song we picked before the day. I was amazed to find out that exactly half of the class was already in on the plan. I was at the beginning of the second half of recruiting. That felt great. Now, we were on the lookout for the next non-member that Juliana cursed out or spoke rudely to. She was riding on a high horse, but she didn't know that, sooner or later, she was going to fall on her face flat. The next thing we RP candidates did was to try to not cause any commotion in the school. It would be wrong for us to insinuate any insult spree and then punish her from it at the end of the day, so we stayed away from concocting bad scenarios. It was just that Juliana is a very mannerless person. Her senses had since been dementing so, no matter how good a person is, they were never in her good books. She wanted people who would love her and commend her when she had nothing worth commending in the first place. The next one of her episodes was with a boy, Eugene, who brought his private keyboard for practice. It was a voice training class, so the instruments and the instrumentalist were provided by the school, because no student in Juliana's class was coming solely for the purpose of playing instruments as we sang. He came late for practice, and Juliana almost had his head. She told him that he was unreliable and senseless, he would never be able to do anything worthwhile for the whole of his life. After telling Eugene that he was the worst person anybody could have had on their team, she cancelled the entire instrumentalist thing, preferring to go a cappella like the real pitch perfect. Then she fixed longer practice time for us, because if we were going to sing a cappella, the entire class groaned. She said that if we didn't want to be there in the first place, we could all drop out. Juliana said stupid things sometimes because if we didn't come then she wouldn't be paid and also there would be no presentation because she had no instrument or backup. But secretly we hoped people would get fed up with attending and actually ghost her classes because that would give us more people to reach out to and ask them to endure until we could get back at her for her bad behavior. Meanwhile Eugene was somewhere being briefed about the revenge and he also had some annoyed friends that he brought along with him into our practice. It was a long and tedious revenge plan, probably the most effortful I'd ever had to do it, just to get someone back from being mean. We had to subject ourselves to much longer hours of practice, learning the song we wouldn't sing and the one we planned to sing. The walls had ears, no matter how we tried to keep our underground shenanigans off her classroom, Other members of Juliana's class heard about what we were planning to do, and it was like magic when they all individually chose to be a part of the extra classes that we held. More and more, people joined our revenge plan, about two-thirds of the class. The other kids were either uninterested or they didn't want to participate in the revenge. They didn't care about not showing up for the presentation on the last day though. So we decided to choose the song Bad Blood just like it was written and sung about a female musician, we prepared so much for the revenge, it made us too tired to even attend Juliana's classes. On the day of the presentation, we all came to the place wearing the right gowns, but underneath, we all asked people to wear white in any style. Juliana was busy giving us her last opinion before we got on the stage. She was surprised to see some of the singers that she formally removed from the group, Her silliness made other people drop out of her class to join other classes or quit music and singing entirely. But they were there that day to teach Juliana a lesson. They weren't in their gowns, but they joined us backstage, and that got Juliana confused. Anyway, she ignored it and continued directing the crowd. We watched the orchestra, the guitar and choir, the original a cappella group, karaoke and everyone else that came before us. Honestly I was so tense. Most of all, I was excited to finally have Juliana get what she deserved. First, when our class was announced, her jaw dropped when she saw the instrumentalists get up on stage. Her eyes widened more when we started coming out from backstage the way we planned to and not the way she practiced with us to get on stage. Then we got on the stage, the song started normally and we all sang with gusto and vigor. Until the point where Juliana was about to take her solo but the drums guy started to count and hit his drumsticks. That was our cue to take off our gowns to reveal the white we wore under. Juliana was spinning around on stage, wondering what was happening. A mic was handed to me and I started my solo part, walking down the stairs and pointing out to Juliana that we really had bad blood. The entire stage caught on and started jabbing at her. The song progressed and nobody would let Juliana get off stage until halfway through the song when she just ran through the crowd. The crowd cheered as we continued. It was such a joy-filled presentation because we loved what we were doing and everything was going smoothly until we finished. Juliana was fuming and talking to the owner of the school about the stunt we pulled. We should have thought about that part, but as Juliana was still talking, Eugene stepped up from the crowd and told me he heard how much we had to endure being emotionally and mentally tortured by Juliana in her class. Juliana said that we had no proof. It was all fables and we were just ungrateful children. But the only evidence was already given. Why did the whole class not like her? That was enough proof in itself that she was lying. Thankfully, the head listened to us and made Juliana apologize to the entire classroom for being rude and crass towards us. But I guess Juliana was just lucky because the owner couldn't let her go. She was just that good in music. So Juliana kept her job, but everyone from our class graduated and never needed to see her again. I also heard that there was now another teacher that taught alongside Juliana, so she was never really alone and couldn't torment kids like before. All that we cared about was that we were able to get her back for her uncanny behavior. It was too obvious that Juliana was embarrassed on that day, and even afterwards because she became much more tame. I heard that from others who have seen her after that day, but as for me, I'm so grateful that I'm finally done enduring the hideous classes that she took. I mean, let alone the fact that the entire class hated her. How about the fact that she made sure that she had the shining moment for the presentation in their class? What kind of teacher says, "All right, the stage is gonna close." Burrow's Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating. clear the lights are gonna shine on me and during our class presentation i the instructor will nail the beautiful incredible solo needless to say it sounds like a pretty terrible teacher that said our next story is my girlfriend hurt me more than i hurt her one of the most important decisions you have to make in life is choosing your partner everyone knows this sometimes you make the right decision one time and you meet the one and you spend together happily married like my parents did sometimes you're not as lucky and you have to date a few people many of whom you think are the one but they don't end up being the one for you eventually though you do find that person who's just perfect for you and you stay with them for the rest of your life happily this was my sister if you're like me though you have a really awful luck and have a very long very bad history with partners but even with bad partners Sometimes you have that one person who's so wrong for you that it changes your perspective on dating completely. This is the story of how I met that one person. I don't know if I have poor judgment or something, but I've never really been happy in a relationship. This goes all the way back to middle school when I had my first girlfriend. Bella was a pretty girl I'd had a crush on for months. One day I actually mustered the strength to go talk to her. It went well, she actually went out with me At the time, I was excited beyond belief. I was convinced, being the hopeless romantic that I was, that I was going to marry Bella. Nothing could stand in my way. Absolutely nothing. Boy, was I stupid. A month after we started dating, I saw her making out with Craig Johnson under the bleachers. What's worse than that? When I confronted her about it, she dumped me. Me, the one who was being cheated on. Can you believe it? I begged her to take me back, but she ignored me. Soon, I moved on. I was so hurt I poured my entire energy into school and baseball. I was so hurt that for the rest of high school I didn't date anyone again. I actually had to reject a couple of girls who were very clearly into me. I tried to do it softly but one of them took it so bad she alternated between crying and pummeling my chest when I told her I wasn't attracted to her. The truth was, I was attracted to her. I just didn't want what happened with Bella to repeat itself. In college, I started with therapy, and I was finally able to give myself the chance to love again. Then I met Helen. Helen was a history major and an African history buff. We always had a lot to talk about. We got along pretty well and saw each other basically every day. Things were going pretty well between us. She even got to meet my parents and had dinner with us one time. There was one issue with Helen, though. Helen seemed to be embarrassed by me. I noticed when she insisted on having dinner dates and only hanging out with me at my place. She also avoided me meeting her friends and family. At first, I didn't really think much about it, especially when we first started dating. Perhaps she wasn't just comfortable with me meeting them yet. However, as days turned into months, I started to get a little worried. I felt like I was isolated from a huge chunk of her life. When I tried to talk to her about it, she simply said I was being paranoid and to let it go. I let it go, but soon something else was there. One morning I picked up her phone and did something I had never done till that day. I scrolled through her messages and call logs. I saw that she was making calls to a couple of people in particular. What stood out in particular were the names that they were saved with. Why was classmate calling so many times a day? The messages I read had some chunks of it missing, as if she was constantly deleting certain parts of it. There were things that seemed to be typed without context. I started to fear that she was cheating, but I really didn't know what to do with what I had just found. After having it weigh in my heart for a few days, I finally confronted her about it. She denied it and actually made me feel like I was crazy for thinking she could be cheating. I wanted to believe what she was saying, so I did. I acted like I didn't see her sneak away to have secret phone calls or suddenly be too busy to see me for days. I pretended until I couldn't pretend anymore. One day, I essentially stalked her to the address she went to meet up with, who I suspected to be one of the other guys she was involved with, and then I confronted the both of them. It turns out the other guy was clueless about it all, and he ended up getting so upset, he sent us both out of his house. Not before he punched me in the face for trespassing though. After what happened with Helen, I basically swore off women. I thought that Helen would be my healing, but she ended up being another source of pain to me. I couldn't bear to get hurt like that again. My therapist was very patient with me, but at that point in time, I was pretty certain that I was never going to try dating again. After college, I got a job and basically sank into my routine of work, home, work, home, I really didn't have much of a social life, except for occasional outings with my sister or dinner at my parents, which I was starting to dread. My mom would always ask if I was seeing someone and I'd have to explain to her that I wasn't. Then she would ask why and I'd try to find a way of avoiding answering her. I really was fine being alone. It afforded me a few perks, biggest of all being maintaining my sanity. For years, I was single and flourishing. For years, I didn't have to worry about heartache. Was it lonely at times? Yeah, but I didn't really mind it. Loneliness was much easier to deal with than pain anyway. I thought I was free from the drama of relationships, but boy was I wrong. Because one beautiful summer evening, I bumped into a petite blonde woman as I was walking home and she would completely change my life. Her name was Mai. Her parents had moved here from Japan before she was born. Mai was beautiful, very beautiful. Honestly, that was the first thing that drew me in. One second I was helping her pick up her bag that had fallen down when I bumped into her, the next second I was asking for her name and number. She jokingly asked if I did this to every lady I bumped into, and I responded with good old faithful, only the pretty ones. That worked. She laughed and inputted her number on my phone. I didn't even consider that she may have given me a fake number till I got home. When the thought occurred to me, I hurriedly dialed her number. We got talking and that was how i betrayed my own rules and actually fell for someone again my was fantastic she spoke five languages including asl she could juggle knives and she was a veterinarian she was so unbelievably cool that i started to wonder if i had somehow cheated luck and found the coolest person on earth i started to think that perhaps this was life's apology for dealing me with awful cards in my previous relationships things between us got serious pretty quickly Soon she and her cat Macy had moved in with me. I couldn't be more pleased. My was a good roommate, and I never really had a problem with her. It was all going so well. Perhaps too well. I started to suspect that something must be up, but I figured that was probably just trauma that I hadn't yet fully dealt with, trying to get me to self-sabotage. The way I saw it, there was absolutely nothing that would lead me to believe that I was being deceived. Everything was just going splendidly, right? So I carried on with my relationship. One day I went out and got a ring. Later that evening I proposed to Mai. As you can probably predict, my mom was very happy about this and she actually came over to celebrate. I started to think about how a married life with Mai would be like. We were about to enter a union till death do us part. It was all exciting to think about but a part of me was still unsettled. I needed to be certain that I was doing it with the right person and in the right way. Something told me to investigate as much as I could about her, I actually contemplated hiring a private investigator to follow her around and try to find out if there was any dirt on her, but I decided against it. I needed to move past my trauma and actually trust someone for a change, I told myself, so I went on and prepared for a happy married life with Mai. A month to our wedding, it all came crashing down. My sister had gone out to the cinema to watch a movie. While in the theater, she noticed a couple being all cuddly and touchy. They were a little loud, but it wasn't bad enough that they got escorted out. After the movie, my sister wanted to get a better look at the people who had interrupted the movie repeatedly. When she saw the lady, though, she was absolutely shocked. Right there was Mai. The man she was with? Definitely not me. She called me immediately and told me all that she had seen. I was in absolute denial, and so I looked for all sorts of excuses for her. Perhaps it wasn't her. Perhaps she had imagined seeing Mai. All sorts of excuses kept coming to me. To reassure myself, I called Mai to ask where she was. She picked up and said she was actually busy with work and could she call me back. I hung up and started to think. After a while of thinking, I decided that I really couldn't jump to conclusions until I'd confirmed it all. I unlocked a detective part of me and started tracking her through her phone. Snapchat was particularly helpful with this. I would call when she was at a place I didn't recognize. Sometimes she told the truth, sometimes she lied. I noted the places she lied about. One place stood out. It was an apartment complex. Not wanting to get punched again, I stayed away from it. I didn't know how to react to this new info about Mai, so I just once again pretended like I didn't know what was going on. After all, I was the one she was going to get married to, right? At this point I was tired. I couldn't afford to start over. I was just going to go with it and see where it went. Stupid, I know, but my mind couldn't process it any other way. The day of our wedding, I was wary. My sister had talked to me multiple times about her worries about Mai's fidelity, but I had shrugged it away. But now, faced with this knowledge that I really might be getting married to a cheater, I started to panic a little. Still I decided to go through with it. However, life had other plans for me. When the witness were called to object if they had any reason to, a tall bearded man with a bald head got up, pointed at Mai and went, THAT'S MY GIRLFRIEND! At that point, all the stress and pain and anxiety that had been bottled up in me just washed out at once. I dropped on my knees and wept. It wasn't all tears of sadness though. In a way, I was glad. I was scared of ending up alone if I'd broken things off with Mai, but really the real tragedy would have been ending up with Mai. That man really saved me a lifetime of heartache. For weeks after the wedding got called off, I was miserable. How unlucky did I have to be to have been with unfaithful people exclusively? It was to the point where I was almost fine with even marrying one. Was it me? Was something wrong with me? I was sick and tired. I got so depressed I considered doing the unthinkable. However, with my parents' and sisters' support and a fair amount of drugs and therapy, I was able to get out of that bad place. My pain fermented into anger. I was furious for letting myself be used like that over and over. I had to get my own lick back. Mai couldn't get away with it all like that, so I started to plan my revenge. My plan was simple, frame her. I got a friend to take their dog to her office and I gave them directions on how to access and steal ketamine from the storage locker. Once they had stolen it, I called the police with an anonymous tip about a veterinarian who was selling ketamine illegally. They jumped on that, soon she was getting investigated by the police and they had arrested her. They didn't have a lot on her, but there was the fact that there was a lot of missing ketamine that she couldn't produce. She eventually accepted a plea bargain, she got no jail time, but she did lose her license. Which was good enough for me. The best part is she didn't even suspect me at all. I actually felt some form of closure from what I did. I have absolutely no regrets. I haven't dated anyone since Mai, and I have no plans to. It's sad, but it is what it is. I'll stay single, and that's absolutely fine. I definitely feel for OP. They have been through the ringer time and time again. I mean, to have been hurt so many times that you just swear off ever finding another partner, it's saddening to hear about, but I just wish OP all the best. I will say, considering how things worked out with Mai, and what I mean is in the very beginning, meeting her and falling for her. I feel like at some point, as long as OP isn't going around looking for anything, they might bump into something and give it another whirl. Sometimes that's just how love works. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.